This is the sermon from Reverend Dr. Bob John, pastor of Aldersgate United Methodist Church in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. We hope you are blessed with this message today. If you are seeking a church family, we are located at 242 Boston Road. Our worship services are at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sundays. May God bless you and your family this day and give you peace. Good morning. Our gospel reading today is from the book of Matthew. If, please stand if you're able to. So immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up, by the, up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far away from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Suzanne, for the reading this morning. Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts, be accepted on thy side, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There's a story about when Mark Twain and his wife traveled to the Holy Land. They were staying near the shores of the Sea of Galilee. It was a wonderful night with a bright moon. The weather was just great. So Twain decided to bring his wife for a boat ride on the lake. As they came down to the pier, they saw a man sitting in the boat. Twain asked how much it would cost them uh, cost to row them out on the water. He looked at Twain, who was wearing his white hat, white suit, and white shoes. In presuming, in presuming that he was a wealthy man from the United States, the oars man said, well, you have to pay $25. Mark Twain thanked him and turned around with his wife and whispered to her, now I know why Jesus walked on the water. A <laughs> reading continues the scripture reading from the last Sunday. Jesus withdrew himself to a deserted place. 
a big crowd still found him. They came all over, from the all over places because they wanted to be healed by him. After a long day, Jesus noticed that people were hungry and they were thirsty. So Jesus asked his disciples what they had already. There were only five loaves of bread and two fish. So Jesus took them, broke the bread, and blessed them. And miraculously, they multiplied. 5,000 people besides women and children were fully fed. And the Gospel of John says that the people wanted to make Jesus their king, maybe hoping that Jesus would continue to provide them with what they can eat every day. But in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus simply dismissed this big crowd and told his disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side of the sea. When the disciples got into the, uh, the boat, they thought that they could cross to the other side in no time. After all, they had experts who knew the Sea of Galilee well, like Peter, Andrew, James, and John, who were the fishermen. But these disciples, they got into trouble as the waves started raging and rocking the boat from left to right. They were struggling not just one hour, two hours, but Matthew tells us they struggle in the sea all night long until the morning. Matthew Henry, a non-conformist minister from England in the 17th century, he says, we may have fair weather at the beginning of our voyage and yet meet with the storms before we arrive at the port we are bound for. You know, Jesus told them where to go, but it does not mean that the path will be easy and smooth. As disciples, as disciples found themselves exhausted after the, the night-long battle with the wind, they saw Jesus walking toward them on the water. Now, some people debate how this was even possible. There was a rather controversial article that appeared uh, in 2006 titled, Is There a, a Palaeological Explanation for Walking on the Water in the Sea of Galilee? And Dr. Doro Nov, the author who was expertise in oceanography, with also the study of a lake, he carefully supposed the possibility that when Jesus walked on the water, it was actually that he was walking on floating ice created by some strange weather conditions. Well, to be honest with you, I'm not very convinced about it because you know, if you can imagine, that it could be very difficult for Jesus to balance himself on the ice. When Jesus performed these miracles, he did so not just because he wanted them to understand the meaning, but also to help them come to their faith in God. And the Peter, the first disciples uh, that Jesus called, asked him, 
Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So he jumped out of the boat and came down to the water. And he started walking to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but personally, I would prefer to stay in the boat. I mean, yeah, I mean, some of us, we can swim pretty good. And probably Peter is one of the most qualified swimmers that we can see in this Bible, as he was a fisherman himself. But why do you risk or take a chance to walk on the water? Although he was doing fine initially, Peter noticed the strong wind and became frightened. And he started sinking. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately came and caught him. And I can imagine maybe if other disciples were giggling or thinking, see, Peter, that's what we thought was going to happen to you. Oh, what an embarrassment. I mean, couldn't you just stay in the boat like everyone else here in this boat right now and play safe? You know, being a Christian could be like holding on to the boat, thinking that we pursue a life free of any troubles. But Jesus calls us into the world where we face poverty, violence, and also pain. We are called to take a cross and follow him. But how often we as Christians individually and communally do not want to get wet and walk on the water. I once heard a preacher talking about his precious granddaughter. You know, he and his granddaughter, they would often go out in the park for the work. Sometimes they would come to a muddy puddle after some rain. And his granddaughter would look at him and say, Grandpa, lift me up, she would say. He would hold her up and walk around the puddle. So she would not necessarily get into the muddy puddle and get messy. And he said, how often do we feel like we want to avoid the muddy puddles in our lives and think that we can walk around them. But when Jesus calls us, I often feel like he drags us through the muddy puddles. But what I learned from the experience is that by the time I get out of the muddy puddles, I learned not to let go of the hands of Jesus. I learned to trust in Jesus, he said. You know, Peter could have played safe and could have stayed in the boat and do not get wet or even drown. But he boldly jumped onto the water because he knew that it's not the boat that we grab to survive. But it is Jesus to whom we need to hold on to fix our eyes upon him.
After all, it was not the boat that eventually saved the lives of these disciples, but it was Jesus who calmed the wind and the storm. I invite you to think about what you're holding on to this morning. What you're holding on to, you think that you could uh, get some sense of security and happiness. Could it be our wealth? Could it be our home, our jobs, our fame? But they're not the ones that could provide us with hope and security. Instead, it is Jesus who was in the beginning and who will be with us in the end, who knows us by our name and who calls us to come and join him on the water. And of course, Peter sank because it's just what the human beings do. We see the raging water around us with the troubles in our lives. We could probably pretend not to see them and we say just how it is and there's nothing we can do about it. But this is what Peter did. He cried out and he said, Lord, save me. Help me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him. Sometimes we may feel like we are drowning in a sea of despair, exhaustion, loneliness, stress, or feeling powerless. We may feel like we cannot breathe at all. But out of desperation, we cry out or whisper, Lord, save me. Help me. And Jesus reaches out his hand and catches us. John Wesley comments on this scripture reading, and he says, Though Peter had been used to the sea and was a skillful swimmer, and so he frequently is, when grace begins to act, the natural courage and strength are withdrawn. In the early 1990s, gang violence disrupted many lives in Boyle Heights, a section of East Los Angeles. Eight gang groups were in conflict in the parish around the Dolores Mission Catholic Church. Killings and injuries were happening every day. And one day, a group of women in that church came together to meet for a prayer and they read a scripture reading together from the reading from today, Jesus walking on water. Then one of the, the mothers, touched by the Spirit, began to identify the parallels between the scripture reading and her life and the situation in the neighborhood. And they felt like Jesus was asking them to get out of their boat and walk on the water. That night, it is said that 70 women from that church began a, a procession from one neighborhood to another. They brought food and guitar and love. They ate chips and salsa and drank soda with the gang members. And they even began to sing some traditional songs together. The gang members felt confused, disoriented, and knowing, not knowing how to respond. 
the once war zone in the neighborhood became silent for the first time in a long time. Each night, these mothers walked. They were peacefully walking the neighborhood, greeting and listening to the stories of these young people. As the relationships between the, the women and the gang members grew, these young people told their stories, the stories of anguish over the lack of jobs, anger and police brutality, rage over the hopelessness of poverty. And something amazing happened as a result of building the relationship between these groups. Together, they developed a Dorothea factory, a bakery, a child care center, a job training program, a class on conflict resolution techniques, a school for further learning, a neighborhood group to monitor and report police misbehavior and more. And the news article says it all began because these women dare to get out of their boat and walk on the water, fixing their eyes on Jesus. And I wonder how Jesus is also signaling you individually, and also us as a church, to get out of the boat and walk on the water able to do many wonderful things that we dare not to dream. With the eyes fixed on Jesus today. I want to finish this sermon with my story. When Daniel was three, I was called by the bishop to go to this church in, in Connecticut, which is my uh, former church before I came to Eldersgate. One Sunday, in summer like this, a church member hosted a food party at her house, and she had a big pool about like five feet deep. While other children and, and others were enjoying at the pool and giggling and playing with the water, Daniel, he was sitting by the pool and did not want to go into the water. He never swam in the water, actually. For some reason, we never brought him to uh, do the pool at the YMCA, and but pretty much he was afraid to go into the water. With his developmental delay, uh, he did not really know how to communicate, so he often screamed at the people. So I put a swimming vest, vest on him, but still he refused to come into the water. So I told him, Daniel, I'm here for you. I will catch you. Don't worry, I will not let you go. I want you to look at me. And all of a sudden, Daniel jumped into the water to be held by me. And as a father, it was the best feeling ever that your child trust you and has faith in you that he was willing to jump into the water. Dearly beloved, 
God knows the storms in your life today. God knows our fear, frustration, and doubt. But Christ stands in the middle of the storm, encouraging us to walk on the water, even there to get wet. Even when we are distracted and fail, there's nothing to be afraid because Jesus reaches out his hand and catches us. We have to let go of holding on to the boat so that we can hold on to Jesus. We have to let go of holding on to the boat so that we can learn to walk on the water. We have to dare to get wet. And after the wind ceased, the disciples of Jesus realized and they acknowledged for the first time the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus, truly you are the Son of God. You and me, we're not alone because Jesus is with us this morning. And he's walking with us this morning in our church. Thanks be to God and God's people say.